Okay. Hey everybody, I'm Caleb. I'm Hoyt. I'm Lauren. And I'm Andrew. Welcome back to the Priority One Podcast. Trevor not with us this week because he is an old man. And so foreign the way you just said that. Probably fast asleep. Trevor not with us. Trevor not with us. You see, there's a difference between me being an old man and Trevor being an old man. Caleb be old man. Trevor be really, really. Well, that's it. Just devolves into caveman talk. (laughs) Trevor, big fire. Caleb, not this old man. Um, Ah. Trevor's like the 63-year-old man that has to get up and go to work the next morning. And I'm like the 85-year-old man that has nothing to do. Mm. So it's like, eh, I'm just tired. I'll just deal with it. I'm like the divorced dad. Just chilling. <laughs> 42 years old. <laughs> That's oddly specific, but yeah. Um, so wait, I had a heresy that I had queued up for Hold you. Hold Abby and AK are here. Is there something you'd like to share with the class? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Continue. Yeah, so Sorry. I'm going to pull this up real quick. I was going to read this to you last week, but then I was like, nah, we're going to talk about Joseph Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Appropriate. Okay. Um, this is Dr. Corey Barker, one of our... Who? R- Dr. Corey Barker, one of our... Who? Who? Barker? Coy. As Coy. Fish. Uh, Joe Coy. Sure. Famous comedian. Sorry. Okay. Um, he quotes Psalm 7-8 from the Passion Translation. Mm-hmm. God is going to vindicate you publicly and restore your honor. End quote. It is payback time. Fire emoji. Now, may I suggest we actually read yeah, what Psalm say, 7 says? Let's Lauren, let's you want to do that? Let's I go am to that. looking up right now. Psalm 7. I'll go to my See, new ESV Bible app because I didn't know that was a thing until tonight. Cool. What version do you have, Hoyt? ESV. Okay, I'm going to read it out of New King James. The extra spiritual version. Okay, New King James says... (laughs) Jimmy Jr. The Lord shall judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. That does not say the same thing at all. I'm about to say that's not close. Am I reading the right verse? Psalm 7-8. 7-8. Okay, wait, what you got? The Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the integrity that is in me. Okay, so y'all's two we're sounded relatively similarly, almost like they were translated from the same manuscript or something. Yeah. Here's yeah. the deal. Read with, the passion. I was going to read, again. read again. God is going to vindicate you publicly and restore your honor. Uh, so that does not say the same thing in the slightest. Not at all. But here's no. the deal with the passion translation. It's a crock of crap. Hmm. Um, a crock or a croot. Very yeah. creative language here. So, crock boots. Sorry. Oh, wait. Croot. You're taking it too far, buddy. So... The Passion Translation is not a translation of the Bible. Um, and if you want to know more about it, Mike Winger has a phenomenal series called The Passion Project where he brings in scholars from all over the country that uh, know the Greek and Hebrew like the back of their hands. And he allows them, and not himself, to tear the Passion Translation apart. So- Imagine writing a translation so bad. An entire organization is formed, <laughs> named the same thing as your translation, solely to tear it apart. I appreciate the effort. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Isn't that what they're doing? No. The Passion, so, okay, so the story around the Passion just, translation. Well, is, no, you just said the Passion Project. Uh, it's, not, just, it's, a, it's a video series, not an organization. 
you know what I was. No, I no, he obviously, did it. He obviously didn't know what I was talking I did not about. Know what you were going. I thought you were talking about like passion, Louis Giglio. No, no, no. I was very confused about your time. I was there. also confused about that before. Anyway, so the passion translation has nothing to do with Louis Giglio mm-hmm. and um, passion ministries. So like Louis Giglio does have a study Bible that's in the ESV, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but it's called the Jesus Bible. It's yeah. just Louis Giglio's commentary, and it's it's fine. Right. Yeah, I've heard good things about. But. The Passion Translation, I can't remember all dude's name off the top of my head, but he claims to have received a vision from an angel called Passion that gave him the ability to properly interpret Greek and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And hmm. in essence, it's terrible. Brian Johnson. Sounds like it. Brian Johnson, yeah. <laughs> Good job, Hoyt. <laughs> huh? That's his name. Good job. Oh, was it really? Yeah. I was just thinking of like a... A pastor. I'm I pretty like. sure it's Brian Johnson. Be- that's Bethel's. That's Bethel's pastor. That's Bill Johnson. You're right. We just pulled a random name out of the hat and it turned out to be right. <laughs> no, 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 but, no, no, no. Brian and Jen Johnson, though they they sing at Bethel. That's what I'm thinking of. No, no, that's not even. No, Jen no, Johnson does. Jen. Jen Johnson does. But who's Brian? Her Johnson? husband's not named Brian. He's the guy that wrote the pastor <laughs> translation. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this just to make sure. Her Did you name. Create Apple. Passion trans. No. What? What was that? Yeah, it is. It is Brian and Jen Johnson. That the artist. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) About the lead translator. Who's the lead translator? Brian Simmons. Mm. Mm. Brian Simmons. You were half points. Mm. Not yeah. really close. Yeah. So uh Brian, the Passion Translation is it's a it's Pretty a company, company, but they're also they're selling the books of the Bible one book at a time instead of just translating it and then selling it like most Bibles. DLCs. Mm-hmm. So they haven't they didn't fully translate it. So he received a vision, but he's, it's like an ongoing vision over well, like no, twenty it's not years. An ongoing time? vision, like he re, he received the ability to translate it, but he's selling the it's he's selling just, the books of the Bible as he translates. It's them. just really hard to write all that down, and you make more money if you sell them <laughs> separately. But, but that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the point. pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so like my ESV study Bible, with all the commentary that it has, all the cool stuff in there, costs fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really good deal, if you ask me. What a yeah. steal! Um, I, I don't know what he's charging for the individual books of the Bible, but like, he's probably making a killing mm-hmm. off of selling these books one by one. It's a good marketing strategy. It's a phenomenal mm-hmm. marketing strategy. Um, but one of the problems is stuff like this comes up where. Scriptures, the scripture in the Passion Translation in no way resembles scripture in any other legitimate translation or paraphrase for that matter. They more or less read an actual translation of the Bible and interpreted it and made it say what they wanted well, to say. Well, and it's a lot of, a lot has changed. So like um, in the beginning of a lot of Paul's letters, he says, Paul, a servant of Christ. But in the Passion Translation, it'll say, Paul, a servant that serves not out of obligation, but out of love. It's like, okay, was that probably true? Sure. Yeah. Was Paul also semi-obligated maybe, mm-hmm. but that's not what it says. No. That's not what scripture mm-hmm. says. So whether it's true or not, there's a very clear warning at the end of Revelation 22, 18. that says, do not add to the words 
And the, whoever adds to the words of this book, the plagues listed in this book will be attributed to him as well. Mm-hmm. Same warning is in Old Testament. Maybe Malachi. It's another Old Testament book, but it's the exact sure. same thing. Yeah. Like, do not add to my words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know how popular the Passion Translation is among well, see, the certain prob- people. Part but of the problem is a lot of the stuff, like a, a lot of the stuff basically means the exact same thing yeah. as it is in regular scripture, but it just sounds more colorful and beautiful and pretty to hear so like um like your your hardcore conservative methodist preacher could just hear this verse written down uh from the passage translation hear this one verse isolated by itself and like oh that's what that's exactly what this means it sounds so beautiful i'm gonna mm-hmm. use i'm gonna quote this in my sermon next sunday and so when tim Tebow used the message he doesn't understand what years ago Huh? Tim Tebow used the message. He did, Bible. but it was it was the same exact thing. Yeah, that's why I said that. But he he did this, this passion. I've heard stories like this. This pastor doesn't understand um, anything about the passion translation at all, and that is not an actual translation of scripture. Mm-hmm. So, what your verdict? Uh, no, I don't like that. But um, what I was about to say though is, uh, I don't know how popular it is, but it's also become popular in Christianity to just say that it seems like with just the carelessness in which they've translated the Bible, it also seems like this new popular thing to just say that Jesus is a savior and not, the savior. Is not the savior. Paul Washer has a whole bit about that. Yes, there he does. That's exactly changing, what I was thinking If I could just change one article. Yeah. From yeah. A to the, from D yeah. to A. I would be so much more popular. So much more money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's but, songs that say that too, oh, yeah. that I ha- take great issue with. And my friends have started to pick up on, like I had a conversation with somebody the other day that were like, I never noticed that until you pointed out how that bothers you. She's like, that mm. was something I would have never thought about. And I was like, that's a big difference. Yeah. Like it's one word, but that's a big difference. Oh yeah. It really bothers me. Yeah. And, it, and I think sometimes it could just be care- carelessness and they're just like writing yeah. the song. But like, I I'm sure like the people writing are like, are like oh yeah, he's the savior. But like, no, like it's just the way they, it just fits, it fits the song sure, or better, sure, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. And like we're slow to attribute motive as far as worship music. Goes. Yeah. Like, we, we'll call out, um, We'll, we'll call out like a bad lyric in a song. We've done it on the podcast before, mm-hmm. but like we don't want to attribute, um, we, we don't want to like attribute malicious intent to uh, the writers of the song or what like, the song, the right. point of the line is. Like bad so, theology. Like, well, like well, I, I've been public about this before. Like I love King of Kings except for the one line where it says, uh, "All of heaven held his breath." No, yeah. it didn't. Like yeah. the victory was won when Christ passed mm-hmm. on the cross. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not gonna blast Brooke Lidgett Wood over that one line because um, like the rest of the song is beautiful and I'm not going to question her salvation over that. But like I said, I don't want to attribute that motive to her, but like I'm going to, you know, call it that one line and what's otherwise a great song. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean like my like home, Brooke's written some phenomenal <coughs> songs without yeah. flaw. So like I'm yeah. not going to attribute to that. My home church has changed lines. Yeah. They did it with uh, what a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. They just took out a line and replaced it with the much more biblically sound line. And I think stuff like that's great. And even even like personally, like with songs like that, with the articles mm-hmm. being different, like it's just a personal yeah. preference. I sing it with the word the. They sing it with the word a. But that's yeah. You know, I'm gonna yeah. feel better about singing it by changing the words yeah. if I need to. You know, I'm a big Brandon Lake fan, but there's a few songs of his that mm-hmm. I would like change a line or two. Right. In his, it's also got some bangers. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Right off. <laughs> but. Changed several lines in rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
just kidding. And a big part of this, going back to the tweet, like Dr. Coy Barker is a big prosperity gospel preacher. Like if you just look through his Twitter timeline, let alone listen to any of his stuff, like it's absolutely insane how Coy Barker, Coy Barker, Dr. Coy Barker, <laughs> who named him? Probably his parents. Presumably. That would have been my second guess. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, big time prosperity gospel preachers, like when he says your payback is coming. Okay, let's talk about a few issues there. Your payback. Okay. Is that what, like a, what, in what, a positive context? I, like what I am owed? Like sure. positively? Like something wrong was done to you and your payback is coming. I should. So what, is, what does the Bible say about vengeance? Vengeance it is the Lord's. Lord's. Yes. As mine says the Lord. Mm-hmm. Not yours. Um, and excuse me. Another like thing. Why? <laughs> he asked the question and Man Hoyt answered in Eunice. <laughs> like Sunday Jesus. school with Caleb. <laughs> yeah. So. Spinoff podcast. Would you. <laughs> <laughs> would you read your version again, Lauren? Yeah. Please. Of chapter seven, verse eight. If you hear it, stop. Let, let them know. I think go get yeah. Um, Andrew is giving Abby Hubbard the headphones, and Abby Hubbard is about to lose her mind. <laughs> Producer Hubbard. I mean, she doesn't have the computer, so there's nothing she can do. She no. just has the headphones. Just t- tell me where, and we can pause it. Or no, not pause it. Never mind. Nothing. Okay. <clears throat> Psalm seven eight. Yeah. The Lord shall judge the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my integrity within me. Okay. And then, just so we're all on the same page, the Passion Translation says, God is going to vindicate you publicly and restore your honor. Okay. It's payback. Then, then Coy Barker says, it's payback time, fire emoji. This is the, 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 one of the biggest problems with um, prosperity gospel, progressive Christianity, whatever, is the way it makes out the reader to be the hero instead of, or the listener to be the hero instead of, um, or that the point is that like we're getting glory and not all scripture right. reflects God's glory. Right. You know? So like this makes it sound like I'm entitled to, um, my having good honor. And I need to be, I need to be vindicated publicly. Mm-hmm. How many guys in scripture were never vindicated publicly? Like John, the Baptist got executed, but like, where was he? Like he's been vindicated in scripture. Mm-hmm. Like in in that day and age, John the Baptist never got to experience his vindication. Stephen never got to experience his vindication. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Paul vindicated, uh, but it was solely because um, the political leaders wanted to do someone a favor. All right, you're good. Right after Lord favor. Yeah. So we don't see like anyone being vindicated in scripture. Why should we assume that we would? Yeah. Why? Why? Uh, and ultimately, like what it boils down to is entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, and to what he's going to take that to mean is like just someone being mean to you or something like that. Just yeah, like he, yeah. he's going to make it so broad and like whatever you're going through, and some twenty year old's going to hear that and be like, oh, "Girlfriend broke up with me." And that's a great segue into what I want to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so, like we 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 as a culture as cultural Christians for lack of a better term, um, like to think that we have it way worse than we actually do. Mm. There was one day I was sitting in Perry Pugh's office, just talking about stuff. And he was like, you know where they're not having this conversation 
Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Like they got more important stuff to worry about over there. And it's, it frustrates me that Christians like get hot headed over this. Mm-hmm. And they're not having this conversation in China. Like when David Platt goes over to um, China, like he's not asked about his interpretation of the doctrine of election. Mm-hmm. He's not asked about that. Um, so this, the, the reality of uh, Christians, you know, acting like we have it way worse than we do just, you know, it bothers us not out of me. So like I think about, so Lauren, this is a great example. If last semester I had just like gone over to your apartment and be like, my classes are so hard and I'm just working all the time. Like I only get to play disc golf four times a week and like I only get to watch a movie like every couple of days and like everything's just so rough right now. For those of you that don't know, Lauren basically started her master's degree last semester. Um, what, what would your, what would your reaction have been, Lauren? Probably would have kicked you out and be like, you can go do that on your own time. Yeah. Meanwhile, I got a paper to write. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one, know your audience. Um, just a little bit of life wisdom there but this is partially just like a pet peeve of mine I hate complaining with a passion and like this is with the caveat like I'm an imperfect person like I understand that I do complain sometimes when I shouldn't even though I shouldn't but complaining and especially like complaining to a uh, to an audience that just like not knowing your audience just bothers me like uh there there's never been a time in my life where I'm like man everyone's situation is so much better because you just complained about this thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of an example because like I, I understand what you're talking about. I, I've run into that plenty of times but I'm just thinking of like oh, I'm just, sorry, I'm distracted. Yeah. Um um, just we, like the, did that ad, you know? Okay, like the, like the other day, like there was this um guy out at outside the union, anti-abortion guy, mm-hmm. talking about it like mm-hmm. up on the thing, and then there's this guy on the scooter just running around, just being obnoxious, like not complaining about anything, but he was obviously just like looking for attention. Yeah, looking for attention and complaining in a sense, you know. And then like all these, you know as we talked about before the freak show comes out and starts doing all these chants and everything and starts complaining and like that doesn't help anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. doesn't help the situation at all either. Yeah. Um, I, I can offer my opinion like, away from the microphone, but like, uh, yeah, it just didn't. Well, most of our listenership would probably agree with us on that. Topic. No, yeah, they would, but, um, but it's just like throw a little scripture in there just cause, like I don't want you to think that we're just going to be reading our opinion into, um, reading our opinion off as uh, the standard of truth for this podcast. Um, Philippians two fourteen says, "Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain." Even if I'm to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. So that's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. So we see here Paul's talking about um, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Mm-hmm. Complaining has never 
like made a situation any better one time. Mm. And I, I think about like working camp, someone complains about like their knees or their back hurting. Like, okay. You signed up to be a camp counselor. What did you expect? Oh yeah. Like that. The, there are weeks where I average like 30,000 steps a day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, you know, like I power lifted in high school. My knees hurt. Complaining about it is not going to fix it. Mm-hmm. I will say we didn't admit we didn't have much bragging on uh um not bragging, complaining <laughs> <laughs> on our team this summer. But if there's anyone who could have like complained, it was us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the right the right squad. Because we got set up. We we were also the most like the most to be grateful for because several times this summer, uh we had the rec fairies come out and to like production and leadership would go out and set the rec field up for us. Like they would wake up at like 6 a.m. and we walked out there and like they set up water day. So they had to get all the tarps out. The work, yeah. all the, oh my gosh. Water day is but always like, the best and the worst. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And we would have like, I'm going off here for a second. But like we would do like our own water day after like rec versus production tug of war and stuff like that. And we'd mm-hmm. go down the biggest tarp do a slip inside. So many tarps ripped too. And yeah. it was always my game because I had tug of war. And like there was always like the big lineman. It's almost like when for you like dig from your that one church. And they would like start losing and they would give a little ground and their foot would go under the tarp and it staked down pretty well. And it would just like halfway <laughs> down the thing. Yep. Sorry, continue. I just went off on a little spill. No, you're good. Like I think it's interesting. I worked student life this summer, by the way. No way. Oh, I had wait, no idea. Actually? Yeah. For those of you that don't know, go listen back a couple episodes. This is episode 30, so go listen to episode 28. This is our 30th episode. Well, technically, it's like 35 well, or five, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But we, this is the Just 30th like the regular week episodes. of the Priority One podcast. Yep. It's kind of crazy. So this is the 30th crazy. episode released on a Monday. And or Tuesday. Very early Tuesday morning, I'll give you that. <laughs> Within 24 hours of Within 2 p.m. Of, hours of, of 2 p.m. Monday. On a Monday. <laughs> Without fail. Without fail. Hey, BT Dubs, Grayson is going to be here this weekend. Yeah. And if you want, yep. we should have him on the podcast. Yep. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we have to now that you mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if he listens. I'm just saying. Um, I think it's interesting that Paul says in verse 17, even if I'm going to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. So like, Paul's not even saying like Paul's not saying I have to be held up, lifted up, lofted up to this certain standard in order for like my ego to be fulfilled, in order for me not to gripe and complain. But Paul's saying is like I'm satisfied if like I'm just a drink offering that's poured out mm-hmm. on the sacrificial offering of your faith. Like that's enough for me. We're talking about probably the greatest evangelist of all time. Yeah. Paul. So if he is taking the position of if he's taking the position of this little bit is okay, then why in the world should we not like we one thing I'm never going to take for granted again is seeing more than 60 people in a church after being in Salt Lake city all summer. Like that's something that I'm never going to take for granted again. Like the, the small, the small country churches that mm-hmm. run about 110 members. No, absolutely <laughs> not. not. That's not a small church. church. No. Well, the point remains the point in Mississippi. Remains. You, you can make an argument for like 110 people being a smaller church. Mm-hmm. 
That's, I, all I that's crazy that you like that we talked about that last week. I talked. I went home yesterday and just like hung out with my dad for a little bit, and he has like some coworkers that live in Utah, and they went to Salt Lake City, and he said the exact same thing you said about yeah. just like heaviness in the city and like mm. just like he could tell it was like extremely cultish though it was like some of the nicest people he's ever met in his life yeah it was just very like well odd to be around my roommate philip just walked in this way hey philip come say hey. Hey, hey the mic couldn't hear you hey hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey hey well so when hey, your entire hey. faith revolves around um you have to do enough good works to earn God's merit, to, to merit God's grace so you can ascend to be your own God. Yeah, you're going to be a good person. Mm. That's just the way it is. Um, but you know, you but know grace, is, <laughs> grace ceases to be grace at that point. Sorry. Exactly. Had a little stroke. Hoyt had a stroke Hoyt before had a me, stroke guys. Caleb did. Ah! Gracie. Please don't yell like that again. <laughs> <laughs> so if we, so. In this context of Philippians, we flip back over to Acts 16. There's a little story about a guy named Paul with a guy named Silas in a jail. And they were shackled up in kind of a tight spot, literally, in a prison. And they weren't grumbling or complaining. They were singing hymns and praising God while shackled up and everything. So if Paul, under those circumstances, the guy that got shipwrecked three is times. That the, is that the time where he's writing in Romans 8? No, because this is right before the jailer gets saved in okay. Acts 16. Okay. And him and, him and Silas, weren't, they weren't in jail for that long, mm-hmm. I don't think, before like the earthquake came, shattered the foundations of the jail. I could be completely wrong about how long they were in there. I don't think they were in there very long. Um, but this is right after like Lydia was converted, the sale right. of purple goods. This is right after they cast the demon out of the uh, girl with the divination spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot happened in Acts 16. <laughs> Uh, I'm about but, to go back through X. Mm, love X. It's a good one. Good read. But the point being, like, Paul had it rough for a long time and never really complained. You know, there, there's there's one time in Scripture that I think off the top of my head that, like, we see someone, like, really complaining and it not going terribly for them, and that's Job. And, like, at the very end of Job, he's like, God, why? Like, let me know. Like what was what's going on here? And then Job got humbled very quickly. Mm-hmm. God like revealed to him everything going on in all creation and like who he was talking to. And then God was like, "Who are you, dude? Mm-hmm. Like, come on now." Um, then there's someone like Jonah who's like complaining to God about the, all the Ninevites getting saved. <laughs> like, okay, um, you're complaining about eighty eight thousand people getting saved. Maybe do a heart check, bud. Check your heart. Yeah. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. I wouldn't know. That's what I was about to say, but I wasn't <laughs> going to actually say it. I might have ever slipped this morning. I'm going to talk about it. Andrew's <laughs> <laughs> shaking his head. Andrew's giving me the, the disappointed dad <laughs> head shake. I'm not mad. Just disappointed. I made it to big church. You did. As did I. <laughs> Eventually. Came in on two wheels, but yeah. I made it. Philip is passing Lauren Haribo gummy beers. I think I, I think I have to partake. I can't like turn that down. I want I just want a singular gold and a singular red. Is the microphone picking this up, Andrew? The rattling of this bag is Can it passing? ASMR gummy bear action? And the bones begin to rattle. 
Absolutely not. <laughs> Mackenzie Reeves someone will just shoot threw you. Up. <laughs> someone just threw up. You're welcome. Thanks, Phil. But you don't like that. Hey, just hey, whoa, 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 stop, Andrew, stop. Andrew, 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 I will literally Cease punch you. Assist. Not ASMR. I love ASMR. Bring it back over here. Not like that. Okay, while we're while we're snacking on a little candy here, raise of hands. Who has ever had a high chew? Oh, I love high chews so much, bro. So high chews. That's like one of my favorite like disc golf. Like I'm on the disc golf course, like I need a little pick me up to get me through it. I love high chews. High chews are the best. Strawberry high chews. Oh man. Shout out Grayson Swindle. We were at SEU. Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. And he was like, hey, have you, ever, have you ever had a hot chew? I said, no, sir. He said, they're in my room. Go get one. They got pineapple, kiwi, dragon fruit. I haven't had the dragon fruit or kiwi. The, the, those are the best ones. Those are the best mm. ones. They sit in my cabinet right now at home. I've only had like the ones they sell in the gas stations here. So like the grape and the mm. strawberry. The berries. Yeah. That's anyway. Right. Anyway. Back to uh, complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 on one with the segues the past couple episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. But anyway, like we we see like Job and Jonah complaining. It does it doesn't end particularly well for them in that sense. I love the example of Job in the first chapter though. Um in response to yeah. things going wrong in your well, life. Well, it starts with Job's humility mm-hmm. before God. And then it and ends that's with they differ. And it, yeah, I like a sentence before that. It's going again. But Jonah had no humility before yeah. God, especially um, if you read like chapter two. We were talking about this this morning in Sunday school. Like chapter two of Jonah, his prayer of repentance is a very self-centered prayer. So like even yeah. in his, you know, turning back to God, but it's really, it's still self-centered. Versus Job, when he was met by God, he was like, oh, you're right. Like, who am I to be mm-hmm. saying anything? And Jonah never had that moment of, who am I to say something to God? Yeah. Um, for sure. Absolutely. And there's a couple other like pieces of scripture that I'm going to read too. So like, go over to James chapter five. Mm, I love the book of James. Verse nine. Oh, I'm in first Pete. There we go. First Pete. First Pete. <laughs> so the, the, the Jimmy Jr. thing I said earlier. So there's a running joke at camp. It's like uh, the King James version is the King Jimmy. Mm-hmm. The new King James is the Jimmy Jr. So, I like it. I think I've, I think I've made that. What are you in? Uh, ESV. Nope. Oh, uh, James 5, 9. <laughs> he said, I'm at the book of the Bible. I've made that joke a couple times on the podcast and never explained it, so now you know. So James 5, 9. Um, it says, Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. An example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord. How the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So like we see Job being vindicated here um, in James chapter 5. But that was because like he humbled himself and uh, you know got in right standing with God instead of um, being entitled. Like there's one thing you couldn't say about Job at the end of Job is that he was this entitled individual. Um, so like I'm going to read First Peter uh, 4 verse 9. Mm. All right. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. It's a good one. Um, 
so but the key theme between these few verses is uh without grumbling and like really let's call it what it is grumbling is complaining mm-hmm. because all that let's talk about like how not just how unproductive complaining is it's like it's never made a situation any better but it just brings down everyone around you mm-hmm. like if one 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 of a couple things can happen one everyone else kind of takes on the same attitude as you or two it brings it, about attention it bring, brings about tension that's a good one or three like everyone i guess kind of 2a everyone around you kind of just like hates your guts now because they're tired of listening to you complain. Yeah. Well, and the other thing would be like, even if you use the example you said earlier of like my hard school, like if you didn't know that my school was so hard last semester and then just came in and started complaining about it, like that would be almost like hurtful to me of like, he has no idea how much I've struggled. And then he's coming in and saying, Oh well, yeah, you know, all this, like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you don't know what other people are going through. So by you yeah. complaining, you may be complaining about something that seems major in your eyes but it's actually really minor compared to what the person next to you is well, going which through. Which would hurt worse, me like knowing what kind of semester you had and then saying that or not knowing? Well, if you knew, okay, this is just me and you. If you knew, I would know you were saying it almost in a joking manner. No, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like genuinely, like I don't complain about Andrew about my major. It's like Andrew's a mechanical engineer. Like, what what good is that going to do for me to complain about my major to Andrew? He has it just as hard as I do. Um, but like i'm genuinely like i'm coming to hang out with y'all and like you're working on something and i'm just chilling at the bars like man my my classes are so hard yeah and i just start complaining about it like that's gonna i feel like that would make you more mad than like if i didn't know what kind of semester you had yeah yeah so like know, know your audience for sure but at the same time um be aware like okay you probably don't have it as bad as you think you do and your complaining is not going to fix anything about it. In the time that I could have been complaining about, in the time that I was kind of complaining about my classes, I could have been doing something to do better in my classes, studying or <laughs> whatever. Um, but that, that's just kind of like my conviction about it. Mm. Um, like I've seen it so many times over and over again in different areas of ministry. Um, it came up and I, I will steadfastly admit, like I was, I definitely f- like fell into this this summer when like we were putting in all this work for canvassing for VBSs in Salt Lake City, and like we had that one where no kids showed up, like that that hurt, and I I complained a little bit to a few people, um, but like that didn't make my situation any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there is very much a difference between like complaining about something and then like bearing one another's burdens. Uh, complaining is unsolicited. Um, when someone asks you how things are going, then you have opened the door to <laughs> let that other person vent and you cannot shut it until they're done. Um, so just be aware. Like if you ask someone how it's going, be very, just be very careful asking that question. Because if, if you were like me in Salt Lake City, you were very ready to, to like let everybody know what was going on. And also if you're not ready for that conversation, conversation, don't ask. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, there's a big difference between like venting when it's, when, when there's, there's a time and a place for that mm-hmm. and griping and complaining. And my interpretation of the difference is that complaining is unsolicited. But anyway, um, I told y'all, 
Let me, let me take a step Hold back on. for a second. You literally just pumped the brakes with your voice. <laughs> you're talking. You're just, <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the point of um, complaining never fixes a problem. We don't have the perspective uh, that God has with a lot of stuff. And who are we to uh, like say that our circumstances are unwarranted or unjust or are, or they're um, like not going to turn out for any good whatsoever at all. Like I said, like I don't know what my circumstances from Salt Lake city are going to yield in my life. I, I genuinely have no idea whatsoever. Um, but like, I know that God doesn't do anything arbitrarily. He does everything for a reason. And that reason is, uh, oftentimes only known to him. Um, like a very, very like small picture of this. I have a disc in my hand. It is a West side tournament plastic sword. Wow. That means nothing to 90% it, of our audience. I'm, I'm aware of that. 99.99. 99.9%. Zach, if he's listening, he'll I'm, understand what I'm, you're saying. I'm just naming the disc because I'm going to refer, refer to it as the sword. Okay. From now on. It's like a Jackson JS32. It's, it's, it's a beautiful series. looking disc. It's yeah. a, it's blue it like with a gold stamp on it. It looks it looks really pretty. Um, so I lost the disc one day, one of my favorite discs, and I went to the shop here in Starkville, and I bought this disc because I thought it would fly similar to the one I lost. It didn't, and I was <gasps> very upset. Yeah, I was very upset with that. So my first reaction was like, all right, I'm going to sell this thing as fast as I can, try to get some money back off it, and I was like, eh, you know, I'll hold on to it. I might need it someday. Well. For, we, there's a disc golf tournament um, a week ago yesterday, so like a couple Saturdays ago. And I in a practice round, I had lost all three of my furthest flying discs. How'd you? Like in the woods? Well, in a, in a creek. And uh-huh. then uh, like a gross, murky creek. Mm. That's well, even though the sword didn't replace the disc that I lost a while back, it flew almost identically to one that was still in my bag that I lost right before the tournament. So because I didn't sell this disc in my griping and complaining fashion, I was able to pull it out of, um, I was able to pull it out of my, one of the bags that I hold extra discs in, shove it right in my bag. Cause I knew exactly how it flew. And this, this I threw five or six times first round. Yeah. It's like, I, cause I needed that particular shot. It's like, my complaining would not have done any good whatsoever in the moment. And like a benefit of hindsight, I'm so glad that I bought this disc when I did, cause I needed it at one point and I very well could need it again. That's why I'm not ever going to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to buy a disc like it again. Cause I don't really like this disc that much, yep. but like this disc will serve a purpose for me at some point more, more than likely than not. And the How same, many discs do you have? Uh, somewhere there, put it like 85. Oh, good Lord. I think that's what you're going to say. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All of them serve a purpose. All of them? They're all the ones that, the ones I bag 28 discs. Like I carry 28 discs roughly whenever I just like go play around. Is there a genuine question? Is there like a a limit you can have in your bag on tournaments? Mm -hmm. Okay. There are guys. In in real golf, you can only have 14 clubs in your bag. And you can only have like nine balls and stuff. But the difference is, is like, your disc is your club and your ball. So yeah. I've lost just, nine balls in one round of golf. That I don't doubt it. Like that, 
that's really not that impressive. Like you guys do it all the time. Um, no, I think the most they probably didn't cost as much of as these discs that they threw in that creek. I mean, golf balls are not like super cheap, but mm. no. that's why people like you dive into water to get them. Yeah. yeah. No, I got a I got a cheap box of balls for um like fifteen dollars, and it was like five balls, something like that. No, uh-uh. no, that's probably not like, cheap. It was so uh, it was like. 35 to oh, 40 balls okay, gotcha. and it was about 20 bucks yeah so um but there, there are guys that like literally carry crates i mean i carry like rollers around on the course the rollers will hold like 30 discs and then they'll also have little things that you can like uh clip onto the pole that'll hold extra discs guys you carry around i like hated the 45 discs at golf tournaments that would have the rolling the push carts? Yes. We call them baby strollers of for golf clubs. <laughs> of course you did. The real the man. PGA. I would, I would no, it's really funny when you have team. the like little kids are like eight years old and like four two and they like the handle for it is like above their head and they're yeah. trying to push it up the hill. I get I get the I small seventh this. and eighth graders that happen to be good and yeah. are playing up with the high school. Yeah. But I want if you're six three <laughs> and you weigh 200 plus carry your you back. got some muscles on you carry your back ryan has ryan has some college teammates that have push carts and they're like you're not gonna judge me right and he was like oh my gosh it's like no i can't but also seriously y'all this is college golf yeah be your own caddy i don't know i would like to have a caddy for some tournaments some of them you no, do see that's when you go pro well or you if you play caddy. like there are certain championship tournaments that you yeah. let you have a caddy you just find a buddy, teammate. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the PGA is ever going to like amend the rule that you're not allowed to uh, use a cart for a sanctioned PGA Pro Tour tournament or like to go like from hole to hole. Yeah. I doubt it. Well, that's just like on the start, like when they have to like go to like the other side of the course. Yeah. Yeah. And like when the some nine courses holes are like switch. insanely spread yeah, out. But, but I I get yeah. that, but mm-hmm. like. Thing like Augusta National, like they they don't use cards, and some of those holes there's a good walk to. But anyway, but then I mean that's part of it's a sport. That's part of. I mean, the, I'm, I'm, I, I carry like I, it's not as heavy as a golf bag or not. No, it's it not. is, but like but, I carry a disc golf bag with thirty discs in it, like up and down hills like crazy whenever I play. I mean, yeah, it just, it's well, what it is. and most golfers, especially at that level, they've been like my brother. He's been playing golf for yeah. I don't even know how many years. He's used to it. He's on the golf course every day, and he's mm-hmm. used to carrying his bag. He's not gonna pull out his push cart just to go play practice round every day, yeah. you know? So they just get used to it eventually. This turned into a golf podcast really quick. <laughs> Not mad about it. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> go, back, go back to the Bible. <laughs> yeah, Freaking Rory McIlroy chased down Scotty today. It was crazy. If you didn't watch it, you should have. I didn't watch it, but I should have. We got to all start talking in very soft voices as to not interrupt the players on the course. Mm. Even though we're in a booth that's 10 miles away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what a great shot. <laughs> oh man! My core lines anyway. up the shot. <laughs> but more moral of the story here: I hate complaining with it's passion, good. and it's um, toxic. I think is the best word, not just for your own personal spiritual life, but for those around you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, complaining has never made a situation any better, and all it's going to do is stir up negativity in everyone else around you. We experienced that on the EC thing. Yeah. Is there a wreck outside? I bust say... <laughs> Someone's running in the trash can. What happened? If it's I a say, raccoon, no, I'm, I'm part behind you. They'd hit me first. 
Yeah. Philip's going to Philip's investigate. Philip's going to investigate. Philip hands. Beat him up, Philip. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I had headphones on. Already. It, it didn't pop. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> playing with his pocket knife. I'll get the weapon. Andrew's going to be back up for Philip. <laughs> Andrew and Philip going out to fight the bad guys. Oh. <laughs> Andrew's running Andrew's to his running. room. Just kidding. As far away as possible. All right. Anyway. That's an airsoft gun. That's not an airsoft gun. I'm so glad I didn't even see the orange tip. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wanted it. It stopped. I don't know when it's going to go again. What was the last thing you heard? We were just laughing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I see laughter, two spikes in CPU usage, and then it continued. It's going now. Okay. Um, so I think we've kind of hammered the point home about the whole complaining thing. <laughs> Got a little off track. Yeah. <laughs> it's all but, good. Like, th- this, is, this is a minor thing, I think. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I just know some people that just complain about everything. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to um, – ultimately, like, what, what it all revolves back to is, like, when you're complaining about stuff, you're focused on yourself. You're not focused on Christ and serving mm-hmm. him. You're focused, focused on, your, on others. You're, right. Yeah. You're focused on your circumstances and how, like, hard your situation is instead of um, focusing on how you can seek to serve others and serve God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, what it, what that all revolves around is like pride and entitlement and self centeredness. And I think it also goes back to contentment, and that's a lesson that I've been yeah. learning for a, a little bit now. But um, it started with a sermon I listened to back in July that was talking about contentment and covetousness, and um, it just made me realize that there's, you know, we hear covetousness like coveting, like in the Ten Commandments, like we and we have like a certain. I don't know idea that you goes along with it. Like basically, being jealousy, right? Yeah. But there's like so, so much, much more, more to it, and like that was one of the quotes. It's on the actually on the background of my phone. Um, but it, that was talking about coveting, and said it can look like grumbling against God's provision by idealizing the past, comparing the present, or living in the future. Mm. Mm. And I had never thought of it in those terms, but I was like, oh my gosh, I do that every day. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bigger issue in my life than I thought because I wouldn't consider myself to be I a jealous person. <laughs> But I definitely grumble against God's provision in the present by idealizing the past, comparing my present, or living in the future. Yeah. Anyways, so I just, but like, that's all I could think about when you're talking about this of like, it all goes back to contentment. And if you're truly content with what the Lord has given you in this moment, with your circumstances, with whatever it may be, like, if that's what you're looking for is contentment, then you're going to be way less likely to complain because you see what the Lord's providing for you right now. Amen. That'll preach. We can do a whole thing on contentment we and can. covetousness, but that was my little tidbit. Sure, right. Yep. All right, guys. This episode of the Priority One Podcast is brought to you by Cookout. Thank you for the free tea, Cookout. This is delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Low-key so, low key actually sponsored. They so gave us me, a free. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Use promo code. Um, you forgot it already? P1. Use promo code P1 to get a free tray. Is that a capital P? Capital P. Lowercase P. Lowercase one. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hit the the shift button. It'll be an exclamation point. There you go. Yeah, don't do that. Um, But we we are sad to announce that we have lost a sponsor, PST. Um, Because 
I made I, I gave them some strongly worded words. I went to the local Exxon station in Clinton this weekend. Got a caddy shot. Not to be confused with weekly worded words. <laughs> I went and got a Caddyshack, the, the tea and lemonade, the Arnold Palmer, and it tasted like absolute garbo. Mm. It was just bitter. Dang. Like, I this is a guy that likes unsweet tea just as much as he likes sweet tea. Like, it doesn't have to be super sweet for me to enjoy it. It's just like, it was terrible. It's not good. You know, that's the second drink I've heard you complain about tonight. Okay, I got a drink from Sonic that was literally like lime concentrate. And Andrew was like, it tasted so good. Like, bro. <laughs> Your poor tongue. Sweet. Do you not know Andrew's love for lime concentrate? <laughs> wow. What a bad friend. I'm just terrible. It's terrible. Terrible. Anyway, guys, it's been another great installment of the Pirate One Podcast. As always, I'm Hoyt. I'm Caleb. I'm Lauren. I'm Andrew. Abby, AK, and Philip are here too. Hey, guys. Yeah. yeah. Bye. See you next week. See you then. <laughs>